This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello! My name is Rachel Turner, and this is Bedtime Drinks with Rachel uh, for parents of children between 5 and 11. I mean, like... In that general area, we're not going to kick out if you have multiple children. Some of you, I know, do like the entire night. And I say cheers to you for that because, you know, it's great to have you with us. Uh, So this is the second round. No, this is not my house. I wish I was fancy enough to have up lights in my house, but I don't. Uh, I am in a hotel in Newport. Uh, because I uh, was uh, being recorded at the Care for the Family headquarters for the Playtime Conference, uh, which is coming up. And so I'm in a hotel because I couldn't travel home because I had you guys and I didn't want to risk having to do you on the side of the road. So I'm staying here tonight. So uh, you can see my incredible sparkly bag back there, which is amazing. My teammate got it for me. But this isn't about me. This is about you and getting back to school. We did it. We did it. We sent our children back to school, uh, which is so exciting. Um, I don't know how your life has been going. On day three, my kids, my kids' new teacher had to isolate due to her kid having coronavirus symptoms. And then on Friday, my kids' school had to shut down because the water mains exploded. So that was for us. I don't know how yours has been. Uh, let us know. How's it been? How are your kids handling uh, going back to the routine? Um, we've been talking a lot about going back to the routine uh, and going back to school uh, and all of the re-emerging out into life. Some of us have uh, are home educating and continuing to home educate or trying it out for the first time, you know, properly, like because of we choose to. And good for you. Very exciting. But no matter what scenario you have, we are merging Well, I say that, but, you know, we're emerging out of lockdown uh, in some sort of way, depending on where you live. And uh, schools are open and it is is hard sometimes for kids to go back. And what are the places and the things that we can do to help facilitate our 5 to 11 year olds um, really doing this emergence well? Um, We've done several segments of the podcast on it and so if you want to jump into the podcast if you don't follow the podcast it's uh the parenting for faith podcast and we've done maybe three or four segments on it uh so today i really wanted to look specifically at this um this concept of 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 helping them navigate this massive this massive going back uh so i have three points that i just want to talk to you about and as always it'll be a little bit of talking i'm going to pray for you and uh, as we go along write your questions write your comments give your wisdom so that we can all learn together and uh, then after i pray for you we'll read some of your comments some of your questions i'll take a whack at it and we'll see what's going on but for now uh let's get started uh The first thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of helping our kids navigate this going back experience is that I think we see it as going back because, you know, we're us and we're adults. And for us, it was just a little bit ago. But for our kids, 
six months is an enormous amount of time. And so the groove that we were in six months ago, they are different kids now. And it is a massive change. And I think I find it really helpful if we refocus our concept of let's just get back to doing what we used to do uh, and know that our kids can't necessarily reach back and grab that. But what they can do is is we can shift how we see it from going back to what you do. Come on, let's just remember who we were and actually say, this is a huge change for our children. And we know, I mean, this is the genius of parents. You know how your kids handle big change. And if you treat this like a massive change, then you have so much to pull from in terms of your experience of helping your kids navigate change. And so that's what we're really talking about is navigating a massive change that can be slightly familiar, but will still be very different for them. Um, one of the things as I've been praying about this experience is, is a just reminder of the grace that we as parents can give our kids. We all remember the, every time our kids go back to school, they have a massive wobble first week, you know, because it's like discipline and all sorts and they're exhausted emotionally. Uh, and there is something about that I have learned in lockdown about how graceful my husband was in my <laughs> difficult moments of struggling. There is something about struggling and being met with grace rather than being met with judgment that is so powerful. And I think is such a representation of who God is to us. And so as our kids struggle, yes, discipline, yes, structure, all the things I'm not saying not, but just to remember to bring the grace because our kids need that grace as they do their wobble to, to be understood and to have us frame for them what's happening to them. Uh, for us to explain to our kids, you know, when we, when we do a massive change, it takes a lot of our mental energy, a lot of our emotions, a lot of our spiritual energy. And sometimes we get home, we just go, Ugh, and we make bad choices because we just don't have the emotions to do it anymore. And I understand, and we'll figure out a way to do it because you still need to control yourself when you come home. But I understand how hard it is. I've done it too, and I get it. And uh, and how can we help you land well? And to be on their team and extend grace and understanding to them is so powerful to kids. And you can really create a window in this experience to say, I. I I need that from God. Sometimes I'm grumpy with God and sometimes I'm snappy with God and sometimes I tell him I don't want to do things when he tells me to do them uh, and I know I should and I I get to cry at God and talk to God about it and he is graceful with me as I still need to obey <laughs> and I want to be that for you. I want to give you that grace as you figure out yourself and as you manage yourself and learn to manage yourself well in this season. And that sort of sense of explaining to them what they're experiencing and giving them grace is so powerful and such a expression of the heart of Jesus for them. Uh, another conversation that's useful to have with your kids around this change concept is to help them acknowledge that they're different it's so hard. It's been six months. They have changed in six months. They've gotten better at some things. They've gotten worse at some things. They've changed their maturity level. Some kids are funnier than they were before because their brains go through that developmental shift from abstract, you know, from concrete to abstract and all sorts of things. And to be able to talk about how we're all different. And so our old routines of getting ready for school might not be the way it works for us anymore. And to be able to discuss, we love a peaceful morning. We don't want to be rushing around. I don't want to be yelling at you. And how you used to do it might not work. How do we want to do it now? 
for peace? What would that look like for a morning of peace together? And to be a team to discuss it because we're different people now and we work differently. We only learn new things. And uh, maybe they can be more independent. Show me. I'd love for that to happen. Uh, and to just have that discussion as a family that recognizes that it's been a long time since we've done this. And you've grown your bodies and you've grown your brains and you've grown your hearts and your self-control and your peacefulness. And you know what? Let's, let's find our way now. And to be that team that helps them navigate the change in a new way, a, a new way of being. Uh, going into something that is familiar and yet new can be really helpful to name those things. Otherwise, um, a lot of our kids have been reported sort of experiencing that discordance. It didn't used to be hard, or I used to do this better, or you know, your kids are getting, you know, into their teenagers and they're sleeping longer, and you know, they're all it's all new and they don't know what's happening. And to help explain that to them is so helpful. And to bring your windows and framing to that, you know, talk about how you're handling new change, going back to work, or you know, the fact. That they're gone uh, or how you're handling your new thing and, and what is peaceful to you and what is different for you and what you admire in them. Uh, explain times where you've struggled with change and, and how God is. Just let this be a team effort of transparency as we figure it out rather than an expectation that it's going to be tick box at the time. Gives them that grace to figure it out for themselves. Um, the second thing I think is really useful to helping our kids go back uh, to reemerge into this is to help them see who is God in the change. Because so often it is just, ah, let's get through. And then God's the thing you do on Sunday. If you know, if you manage to make it to the online thing now, uh, but but who is God? God is this constant in change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's something powerful about putting your feet on it. And so I would suggest two things, actually. We're going to get to reading the Bible in a second. But there's something of the testimony of their lives that they're getting old enough to do, which is quite exciting. Because now you can say, do you remember who was God when you were at school last? Who was God when you were at karate last? You know, what did he do for you? And to write down the testimony of your past. When we moved, where was God and what did he do? He guided us. He did this. To really pull out, to have a conversation with your family about the times where you were unsure in the past as a family or as individuals and who God was and what he did and what he said and to write them down on a piece of paper. And I know some families who've written them on, you know, the wall with those, you know, pen things that write on windows or to write them on a chalkboard of, of when we moved, God did this. When we were here, God did this. When we did, and to, to just surround yourself with the story of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same in scripture. He's the same in our lives. And so therefore this new change is no different than any other change because God is the same in it. Uh, I know one one family that I, I just love this idea, and I do this personally in my life sometimes, is I'll write down on a piece of paper um, if I'm particularly scared of something or, you know, really struggling, and I'll uh, write down who God is. And sometimes it'll be scripture. Sometimes it'll be, you know, the times that in the past where he's come through. Often for me, it's about provision and stuff. And I'll write it on a piece of paper. And then um, and I stand on it. And I love this family. Um, this family taped it to the floor of their um, exit 
entrance, you know, the little, the little place where you can like come in your front door and it's like a little tiny conservatory, their entrance hallway thing. Uh, and they taped it to the floor of it so that when you left or came in, you then stood on the promises of God. You stood on the stories that you have written before, that you you literally stand on what God has done for you before you leave to remind yourself, this is who God is, and then you leave. And that there's a, a solid thing beneath your feet as, a, as the testimony of who God has been in your life and who he says he is in scripture, which I absolutely loved. And so as you as you go through, don't worry about doing the opposites. I feel like I'm really alone. You're not alone. You know, that sort of argument. Sometimes it's it's that reminder that that all through their life, God has been this and he will continue to be this. Uh, in your life, tell your stories and their life, tell their stories to remind us all of, of who God is in that. And the second thing is to help them find it in scripture. And there are so many stories that they already know that actually is about change. <laughs> And to see who God is in it and who people are in it so that they can realize they're not crazy for, you know, being worried about change. Uh, and so, you know, for instance, the story of Jonah. We all know the story of, of Jonah. If you don't know the story of Jonah, it's a book in the Bible. And it's a story about a prophet who was told to go do something. And uh, he was like, nope, ran away. And it's a big change. Jonah was used to prophesying this way, and all of a sudden he's being sent to some other place that he doesn't want to go, and he's not sure in the response, and then who's got in it, and he he says nope, and he runs away. And there are times where there is a change in front of us that we want to run away. And uh, to talk about that, have you ever felt that? We know when you when you think about school, did you ever want to just go, nope, I'm not going to, I refuse, and that's okay. And look how God handled Jonah. He kept him safe. <laughs> And Jonah couldn't get away from the inevitability, but God was graceful to him in it. Um, you know, you have the story of Paul, you know, moving from place to place to place. And God kept going, nope, not here. Nope, not here. Nope, not here. And then he finally gave him a dream. And sometimes you're a bit confused and sort of meh about it all. That's okay. Some people are like that in scripture. Uh, Joseph, when he was th thrown down in the well and then he was in prison, and somebody's house, and he was constantly changing. And he was just like, all right, I'm here someplace new. I'm going to put my hand to it and jump in. Are you a jump in kind of guy? Or um, Abraham and Sarah, when um, Abraham and Sarah were moving around and they went to a place where uh, the king was like, ooh, I like Sarah, I'll marry her. And Abraham got really worried and so lied and pretended he was somebody else and hid. And God was so gracious in having their back even when he got worried and lied. Do you ever feel like you have to pretend and be someone different because you're worried? There are so many places in scripture that open up really interesting conversations about change. And to let kids know that since the beginning of time, people were feeling what you feel. And God was right there in the midst of it, helping them and tell your stories and help them see where God is, where they are now. It's so powerful to show them the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the last thing, I think, is to help them encounter God about it, to come up with how they want to encounter God at home, but also at school, to remind them that God is with them and whispering in their ear if they're feeling... In the under fives one we just did, we had someone tell a story of how her child was feeling lonely, and she encouraged her to ask God to help, uh, to, for she encouraged her child that when she was feeling lonely, that the child could ask Jesus to come play with her. And that completely transformed how she experienced school and it made her feel much better. And the next time she felt teary 
God, uh, she asked Jesus to play with her and she felt better. And that is so amazing to help facilitate encounter at home, but also to say, you know, God is right there. You can grab him any time to do that. And so, you know, give them guided chat. They may need that. Your children may need us to say, let's chat to God tonight about it. If you want to know more about chat, it's on the webpage, but it's primarily just getting out of the way of our kids and letting them talk to God genuinely without it having to be something we hear. So they can chat to God in their heads, they can chat to God whispering, but that we don't have to know what they say because it's between them and God. But you can help guide them in it. Why don't you tell God one person that you really, really, really don't like at school? (laughs) Tell God one thing you're worried about. What's the worst thing that could happen tomorrow? Tell God one thing you hope will change. Uh, Tell God one thing you are so happy about your new school. Uh, You can give them so many questions that not only facilitates them honestly talking to God about what they're feeling, but also reshapes their memory of the day. You know, tell God one person who really, really, really needs a buddy that's not you. You know, who, who else do you see that needs God, that needs a friend? Who else do you see in school who um, needs a, a kiss from God tonight because they're struggling? You know, you can change their eyes. You can have them think about something else. You can have them look back. Tell God one thing that you're proud of yourself about today. Uh, one thing that took a lot of perseverance and just help them debrief their day with God or ask questions from God. God, show me where you were today in school or uh, God, you know, you can make, I knew one kid who used to make uh, like dates with God, be like, okay, God, I'd like to meet you tomorrow at the tree in the back. <laughs> he, was, he was like seven. I want the tree at the back, third tree from the left during the second break. <laughs> and then he'd be like, okay, great. And uh, and, I, and I'd ask him like, did, did God meet you there? And he'd be like, yeah, I went to the second break, went right up to the tree and was like, hi God. And we had like a little shoulder high five. And then I went on with my day and he just was looking forward to the time where they had a little meetup. Uh, and just to, that that facilitation of them being able to ask God things and to spark those conversations to facilitate that, help them encounter that. Um, there's loads more, and it's all in the podcast. But I, I just, as I was praying about what to share tonight, I just, I just felt like those three things were something significant for us uh, in this season to um, give them grace for their wobbles in change and recognize that they're different now and to be a team as you figure out what this new way of re-entering something that they may have done before, but they were different then and we're new now and how we can do that and to create those windows and frame for them what they're encountering. Help them see who God is in it by uh, facilitating their stories of the past and uh, and showing them in scripture the people who are like them and who God was in it and help them encounter God. And you may need to guide them in it as they do it um, because then you can give them those skills for healthy change. That's what we're doing, really. We're not just trying to see them through this season, but we're trying to give them a pattern of how to handle all change in the future, which is really exciting. So as normal, I'm going to pray for you. I'd love to hear what your comments are, what your ideas are, what's been working for you. Um, any questions you may have, I'm here to answer them. Uh, so I'll pray for you and then I'll, I'll bring up anything that I can see that pops up. So that, let's pray. God, I thank you for our kids and that you have brought them to this moment. You have faithfully brought us to this moment, to this re-emergence into school. And there are so many emotions in that, God. 
And I pray right now for our kids as they are finding their way to sleep right now, that you would meet with them, that you would whisper to them, that you would remove fear and give them peace, that you would fill them with hope and excitement, that you would um, sort out their thoughts and their hearts because you know um, everything that's happened and all the little worries and fears they have. Uh, and I pray that you give their little emotional heart strength to cope with all of this change. And most of all, God, I, I pray for us as parents that you would open our eyes, that we may see our children well, that we may know what stories to tell from our lives, that you would guide us to Bible stories, that you would guide us to um, stories in their past that we may remind them of, that we may help them see you and know you and give us the right suggestions that they may be able to take encounters with you at home into school. Fill us with your grace and patience, Lord, as we uh, cope with children, uh, that we may um, truly be the best versions of us, given the amount of tiredness and stress we're experiencing, Lord. And I thank you that your grace is sufficient for our weaknesses and that you pour all over it and that uh, we are enough just as we are. Thank you that you've called us to be powerful parents just as we are in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Great. So uh, any questions popping up? I see one that says, I'd love to know what advice you would have to help my son who is desperate to share his faith, but is afraid of being teased. He is 11. Uh, great question. I love this question. Um, we have, uh, Anna will put on there one of the podcasts. We have a guy who, uh, his name is Ollie Goldenberg uh, with Children Can, and he is passionate about helping children sort of live evangelistic lives. And we have a whole podcast segment from him on how to empower kids who have a real evangelistic heart. Uh, and so, um, what I would suggest for a child who does that, he's particularly kids who are passionate, this evangelistic call on their lives. They see their school and they're like, the fields are ripe for harvest. And they can be so excited and that fear of being teased can hold them back. And so one of the first things that I would suggest is to, um, to encourage him that, well, being teased is not a reason to not speak your voice and no matter what, because your voice is so powerful and God has placed wonderful words in your heart and your voice to speak. And yeah, it's scary. I get that. Totally get that. But you know what? The, the, the powerful words of God, the powerful words that God has placed in you are significant. And so, yeah, it's going to take some bravery to speak them. Uh, because they're big words, and you know what the the you know the prophets in the Bible and and all of the people in the New Testament, you know they had to, they had to make a choice, and it's a big choice. But you know what God God has has poked that in your heart, and I want to see what He can do with partnership with you, and so that's that's going to be tough. And I I believe in you, man. I believe in you. But I would also not only encourage him to do that and tell him the strength of that. It's not just about sharing his faith, but that, that if God is placing those things in his heart, then that means he is preparing the heart of the people that he wants to talk to. And so he's partnering with God. It's not just what's in him, but God's getting it ready, like throwing a ball. 
Uh, <laughs> it's like throwing a ball. I have my puff. Uh, it's throwing a ball. One person is throwing it and the other person is catching it. And when God is asking you to, um, to speak his words, it means he's already prepared someone's heart to catch. And so it's not something scary. You're not just throwing it out in the wind. You're throwing it out to a heart that God has already prepared. And so he's like, yeah, do it. You are partnering with God. Um, but the second thing I would do is also surround your kid with other people who share that heart. Um, because it might not be you. You may not be someone who's like, I'm passionate for evangelism. But I'll guarantee you there are people in your church who are. And so maybe, I mean, depending on the things now and where you live, uh, you may be able to still have one person over your family, depending on the size. Uh, or to arrange a time where you do a, you know, a Skype morning uh, with someone who are passionate evangelists in your church, adults and teenagers, and to talk about what was the first time that you shared your faith with someone and what was it like and what did you feel and what happened? Because your kid needs to hear fruit stories. Your kid needs to hear stories of what happens when you speak about your faith. And that is so exciting. And, uh, and so you know that's bubbling in them. So surround them with stories of other people who understand and who can share the stories to say, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And if someone bullies you for it or teases you for it, this is what you say. So the third thing I would say is to prep your kid for if someone teases you or rolls their eyes or said there's no God, how are we going to respond? And so you can role play at home or come up with sentence or talk through how they're going to feel and come up with a response. Because often it's not that they're worried about being teased, it's that they're worried about what they're going to say after they get teased. And so you can sort of prep them for that. Yes. So those are the three things. Encourage them that their voice is powerful. Surround them with people who can speak into that and show them the fruit and the power of speaking your faith and prep them for being teased so that when it happens, they're like, oh, I know what to do with this. Uh, yes. Uh, comment. Yes. So important to uh, not just to get through this one season, but to be building into them the tools and strategies that they'll need for future events and situations, too. I totally agree, Laura. That's the great opportunity we have, isn't it? Uh, another question, how do you help your child to play with personality rather than being too rough and ending up in trouble? Ah, <laughs> personality. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I would, um, I would look what's behind the, the roughness because sometimes our kids come home and they're like, <laughs> because the adrenaline is like up to here. Uh, and so sometimes the roughness <laughs> is not, not, it's not controllable, but uh, we can set our kids up to succeed by sometimes letting them run it off. So coming home and going for a bike ride, coming home and doing dance dance. I was going to say dance dance revolution. When was the last time we did that? Just dance. Uh, having a dance uh, in the thing or roughhousing with you. Sometimes as a parent, um, sometimes you're like, okay, let's roughhouse with me. Let's get all of that energy out because I'm still technically stronger than you. Uh, and then you can go play with other people because then we can say, right, we need to bring our bodies down to do that. Uh, sometimes also it's giving them coping skills to become more calm, uh, particularly when they get older. Uh, sometimes they don't know how to calm themselves down and don't know how strong they actually are. It's like, when do you notice that all of a sudden you've become so strong that you hurt your sibling when 
six months ago, you know, you couldn't hurt them if life depended on it. Uh, and so sometimes it's about demonstrating, you know, who can handle those bodies and who can handle the roughness. Uh, and sometimes it's just about creating structure for like, I'm totally happy. You can play rough, but you can only play rough below the waist uh, or something and giving them boundaries of where they can. It's finding the yeses, not just the noes. And uh, so creating a structure that is consistent uh, because sometimes when our kids are playing rough, then they only get in trouble when someone gets hurt <laughs> because it's too rough. And so therefore the line is when someone gets hurt, not actually playing rough. So you may need to also start disciplining around the, oh, I see it's getting rough. Let's do our five second calm down. Everyone to your corners, to your corners, to your corners. Breathe three times. Next time I see it too rough, you have to walk around the block and splash water on your face. Uh, and so giving them those coping skills so that we're, we're intervening when it gets rough rather than when it gets hurt. Um, that's a lot of scattergun ideas. I don't know if there's anything good in there. Uh, third question, how do you help your child reset away from peer pressure? Seems like peer pressure is back with a vengeance. Yeah, having had a season away from it being as intense. I know that's one of the griefs, isn't it? As we send our kids back and then they're like <laughs> uh, into their friends. Uh, and I think one of the good things that we can do is to reflect back to them. Oh, that's a big change. You weren't like that a week ago. Tell me about what brought about that sudden change in your thoughts, patterns. Oh, that's a new phrase that you're saying. I'm not sure I like that phrase. It makes me feel a bit like you're being mean. Does that make sense? Uh, and sort of reflecting back to them. Oh, those are new words. Do I like those new words? What do those new words say to me about your heart? Or, um, ooh, you know, you're coming back and you're looking stressed about how you look. What is that? What, what is that lie that's crawling on you? And sort of being able to reflect back and ask more about it. You know, tell me more about this. You've been saying this. Teach me about what that is. Or, um, oh, that's so interesting. Or I love this. Whoever is helping you feel very confident. I like that person. And being able to reflect with them the changes. Uh, talk me about this. I see this shift in your heart. Tell me more. Um, that can be really useful uh, to be able to reflect so that they can notice the change and they can then notice, oh, I've spent a week with these people and I'm using different words and I'm treating people differently. And I, am I choosing that? That's interesting. Uh, and you can then have that conversation about how people influence and affect you um, because once they get to that age, you know, between five and 11, we can make them aware of how that works. Um, right. It's time to go. Uh, I love you guys. If you have any other questions that you've popped in there and I haven't had time to get to it, I have to go to the teens one now, but I will write you a response if you haven't uh, done that or I'll record one for you as well if you have any other questions you want to pop on here. But in the meantime, I will see you next month and uh, take care and hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. You're doing great. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.